All right. Well, thank you. Keep on introducing yourselves as, as folks are coming in. Um, and uh, then we'll come back and look for ideas for what we want to have for dessert today. Um, all right. So uh, moving on, we have a few different things we're planning for today. We've got some polls and then we've got some discussion questions. Um, and so we thought we'd kick it off with a poll um, that we could, you know, just kind of take a pulse of everybody to see um, to what extent your organization has been planning for sustainability in your 1815-17 work. Um, and so, uh, Miriam, if you wouldn't mind, thank you, um, putting that poll up. So if you could just let us know, has it been, you know, not at all, you really haven't um, dug into this yet, um, somewhat, maybe you've done a little bit, because we have that, um, at least for 15, we have a deliverable entity for CDC coming up pretty soon, um, or maybe a great deal, maybe you really dug in with your partners, it's something that you've kind of baked into the work all along, and um, you've got some good experience so far, doesn't mean you're an expert, but at least you've done, you've done a fair amount of work on it, um, so please, please vote and tell us. And in a minute, uh, Miriam will share our results. Miriam, how many votes do we have, everybody? There we go. Awesome. Okay, great. Well, it looks like um, we have most people say somewhat. It's a good sign that nobody said not at all because like I said, we do have that something due to CDC soonish. So we've at least done something, but maybe don't all feel like experts yet. And, and a couple of folks that said um, they've done a fair amount. So that's really good to know. Um, so kind of in relation to that, we kind of just wanted to dig in and have a little discussion. There we go. Um, so uh, we have a bigger group today. We got 33 folks. So I, I hope folks will feel comfortable unmuting and sharing. You can also share in the chat as well. We will do a small group at the end as well, but it's just nice for us all to hear from each other. So some things we'd like to hear from you are, how have you incorporated sustainability planning into your 18, 15, 17 work? Um, and you know, how are you deciding if a program or partnership is sustainable? Um, so I'd, I'd love to just open the floor if anyone would be willing to, to share. And please be brave. I do have your registration things I can call on some folks who shared that they've done a few things, but if you're willing to just be the first one to unmute, then <laughs> it might make others feel comfortable. Hey, this is Lara. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Okay, great. Yeah, I'll just I feel bad that nobody was speaking up. So I'll try to thank you <laughs> share a little bit about what we're doing in New York State with our 1815 work. And um, it's been an interesting process. We used the um, PSAT um, program sustainability assessment tool and customized it slightly for our needs, um, had our category A and category B program partners fill out the assessment tool and also asked our um, contractors, the Chicanese practice facilitators team, the whole team to fill out the tool. So we've analyzed the results and we identified sort of three areas that could use a little more work around sustainability. There were a number of areas that did have good sustainability scores. Um, and we had a meeting actually, was it yesterday, the Tuesday to discuss with our program partners what we were seeing um, based on the results and how to interpret that and any ideas around action steps to address um, the challenges around sustainability. And 
we did come up with some some good ideas and we're sort of going back and forth and continuing to discuss them. The next step is really to pull all that information together. Most of it is pulled together, but to add to it and then share it with our contractors to get their feedback as well. Um, so, and then maybe, you know, use that information to have some action planning exercises that program would take the lead on. That sounds great. Thank you so much for sharing that, Lara. That is, uh, you know, it sounds like a really comprehensive process. That's really great to hear. Laura, would you mind sharing the tool you used again? Yeah, sure. It's the one that um, CDC actually um, shared. I think they shared it on AMP. It's called the PSAT, um, the Program Sustainability Assessment Tool. And it was developed by the University of um, Washington and St. Louis. That's right. One of their, um, maybe their one, a research center. Um, Oh, somebody put it in there. Great. Okay. Yeah. Th thanks, Laura. Yeah. And actually, in a, in a minute, I think one of our other polls is to ask if you are familiar with the tool that CDC put up. So I'm glad to hear that that you are and that you've been using it um, and that it's been helpful. And I think I see here in the chat that some others have said that that um, has been useful for them as well. I'm going to scroll up here a little bit and see. So, uh, so it looks like uh, Sarah mentioned that you've asked partners and um, required contractors to describe and share your sustain their sustainability planning. So that's good. You've got the partners involved and in kind of talking about some of this. And Karen said also using CDC's tool as well. Um, and, uh, and Sarah said, it's been hard to know what will be sustainable as many of our partnerships have been delayed or changed due to COVID impacts on their staffing and capacity. I, I can totally agree with that. It's, that is a really tricky caveat that we kind of like, most everything has to have like an asterisk on it or something. And I, um, I don't know if others can maybe attest to this more because I only came into this work part of way through the grant, but I, in the middle of COVID, but I, I believe that it was kind of intended to be kind of stepwise and you'd be able to see how things have built over the five years and you'd really be at a place of sustaining. Um, I don't think anyone predicted. Well, just put it on the counter. If you're not going to eat it, put it on the counter. Oh, <laughs> somebody's off mute there. Um, oh, sorry about that. That's okay. <laughs> That's always what I expect to happen. <laughs> so it's okay. Um, anyways, I was saying that, you know, I don't think that anyone predicted having a pandemic in the middle of the grant that, you know, how that might kind of derail things or just change things up a little bit as well. Any other comments on kind of how you've incorporated sustainability planning or if you've, you know, how you've been deciding if a partnership is sustainable. Sorry, one of this is Lara. I was double muted. I think uh, just one of the things that I thought was interesting that came up in the discussion with our program team, and I wonder if other folks have run into this, is that you know some of the work that's been implemented has been very challenging not not all successful uh, clearly pieces of it are very successful but the conversation was shifted slightly rather than thinking about okay well what are the challenges to sustainability and how can we address those it was is this part of the effort worth sustaining and do we want to sustain um, those aspects of the work uh, which i hadn't going into it i didn't have that in my my mindset so I'm just curious if other folks have been thinking 
that same thing that maybe, you know, sustainability isn't what we should be thinking about for certain aspects because we're recognizing that going down this path might not be the best path. Yeah. That's a great point, Laura. I think in a, in a minute, Shelby's going to share a little bit about our Wisconsin tool that we've used, but one of the important things that we mentioned to our partners was don't just list everything that you've ever done and then tell us you're going to sustain it. Only list the things that are actually working that are worth sustaining because, um, yeah, it, like it's just as you go along, you find things that just, you know, it was worth an effort. We tried. It was good. But, um, you know, we're done. Let's move on and do something else. So I think that's really helpful. Um, uh, Kayla asked a question of Laura asking, was that an internal discussion or was that also framed for your external partners or contractors? Okay, so Laura, you said it was an internal discussion. So then are you going to talk to your partners to say kind of, we don't want you to focus on sustaining this or what do you think about this? Is there a plan for engaging them in that? I'll just come off mute again. It's, it's pretty new. It, it was literally on the Tuesday meeting. And I think we need to, we at that meeting, we didn't, um, sort of drill down into the aspects that are and aren't sustainable. So I think that's really our next step is identifying and communicating those things. And um, when we move on to, to talk with our external partner, I'm sure it will um, be woven in, but I don't know how directly. Sure. Have others had this kind of conversation or this realization as well along the way? Um, this is Sarah Eve in Washington State. And um, we, we are starting to have this discussion, but I think uh, it really resonated with me the idea of like, what, what do we want to continue? Um, and I think it, it's been hard because some of our projects got started later than we anticipated, but um, yeah, we're really trying to identify what the, I mean, I feel like you could almost make like a grid where you're like, these are the things that are sustainable, but maybe not as impactful. These are the things that are impactful, but need a lot of extra work to make them, you know, doable or sustainable. And then there are those things that are like, yeah, definitely we want to sustain and, and are, they are easy to sustain. And then there's those things that they're hard to sustain and we wouldn't necessarily want to keep doing them. So I feel like you can make like a quadrant of, <laughs> of sustainability grid. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, just a side note, Julia mentioned earlier in the chat too, if, if folks feel like coming off uh, on camera when you're talking, please do it. So it's not only my face on this video, but no pressure if you are eating your lunch or not able to come on camera, no problem. Um, so I saw Michelle wrote in the chat that in Ohio, we're looking at lessons learned from some partnerships to determine if we'll continue with them in the future or switch up the framework for healthcare provider quality improvement projects, depending on the requirements of the next NOFOs. I mean, that's a really big point too, because we don't have any idea what the next NOFO is going to look like. So um, we kind of have to act like, like it's just, there's nothing after this, but we know that there is going to be something after this. So that's really tricky. Um, I don't know if Michelle, if there's anything else you wanted to say about that. Yeah, I don't think anything to, yeah, nothing to add, but um, I know that we've had two fairly large um, quality improvement projects with two very different kind of partners. Um, and so again, we're sort of assessing the, the, the kind of framework because they were slightly different. And so we are kind of looking at our data in addition to the sort of process that was used for both of those projects to determine are we getting better health outcomes from one of the from one of the framework 
Um, and so again, that might, um, we might work with maybe only one of those partners in the future, depending on the requirements of the next, say, heart disease and diabetes NOVO. Great, that's super interesting. Other thoughts on this topic? All right, I think I'm gonna move us on, but we can keep coming back too, because I think a lot of our questions kind of overlap or, or go back around, so, so feel free to do that. Um, I'm gonna take us to our next slide here. Um, so uh, we mentioned it a little bit ago. Some people mentioned they've been using the CDC's sustainability tools. So um, just wanted to take a little poll to see who has been using that or knows where it is. It'll give us a little context for this next part. We're at about 74%. Do you want me to close it, Anne? Uh, yeah, I think maybe one more second if anybody else wants to click and then yeah, go ahead. Mary. Perfect. Um, great. All right. I'm going to stop sharing my slides so that so that Shelby will be able to share hers. So yeah, okay. So it looks like we're pretty evenly split here. <laughs> some people say, yep, they've been using it. Some people kind of maybe, I'm guessing somewhat means you know it exists, but haven't really looked at it too closely. Uh, and then who said, you know, no, haven't really looked at it yet. So now I'm going to turn things over next um, to my colleague, Shelby Vajunik. Um, so uh, just to give a little context here, uh, uh, and Shelby, we're not seeing the slides, we're seeing your, your Excel document. Um, so we wanted to share at least kind of one tool, there we go, um, that we've been using or kind of process we've been using in Wisconsin, just because we've heard from folks, they wanted some examples. Um, ours is in no way the end all be all, we just thought we'd share one. Um, so uh, Shelby's gonna give you some information about our process and then we'd love to hear a little bit about your processes and how they're maybe similar or totally different. Um, so I'll turn things over to Shelby. Yep. Hi, everyone. Um, as Anne said, I'm part of her team. And uh, I think we shared a pretty similar process as to what uh, Laura shared, shared for New York State. Um, so this is kind of just, uh, we're going to give you this kind of high level overview of what we've done. Um, this is no way, shape, or form trying to take the place of um, kind of like what CDC may share. Um, during their presentation when they provide an overview of the guidance that they provided, nor are we uh, saying that our tool that we did use um, is will get you to a good sustainability planning. I think that's uh, still yet to, to be determined. So just kind of want to throw that disclaimer out there. So I think uh, we kind of had a lot of elements to our sustainability process. So we really, you know, just like good programming and best practices of, you know, you're wanting to probably start about 18 to 24 months out of like when you're expecting grant funding to end. Um, obviously very early on, we had kind of those, uh, we knew that the evaluation, one of the evaluation core deliverables, I mean, core areas um, was sustainability and um, the year four deliverable being the sustainability and action report. Um, so kind of very, uh, probably almost a year ago, it was in August 2021, um, as Laura mentioned, we kind of did an internal PSAT. Um, we knew that we didn't want to go that much in depth with our external partners, 
we did kind of like looked at a lot of resources and kind of did a really informal lit review. Um, and then around that time is when we got CDC's uh, guidance. And then we kind of put all those together to kind of do an, an external one. So I'm going to quickly walk through each of these components. Okay, so for those that are unfamiliar with um, the sustainability program sustainability assessment tool that um, Washington University and St. Louis created, as Laura mentioned, and I put a, a link in the chat as well, they kind of say uh, the sustainability capacity framework is kind of eight different domains. Um, and the domains are listed here, but as you can see, it arranges from environmental funding, partnership, organizational capacity, program evaluation and adaptation, communications and strategic planning. Uh, one of the big things that we realized that um, that tool did not incorporate was um, health equity. And so um, we also added health equity as um, a domain for our internal review. And we've kind of pulled um, kind of what does that domain look like and what could it be assessed by? Um, we used, uh, I think it's called like CDC's, I should have had this ready, but uh, CDC's like practitioner guide for advancing health equity. I think it's a, a community-based um, community resource. We added that domain. And uh, if you guys are familiar with the program um, sustainability assessment tool, there's kind of, uh, five that five Likert types uh, questions for each of the domains and it talks a lot about like program so is your program this is your program this so we found it really hard to kind of think about our program um, as all of the work that we're doing and so we really broke it down into into seven different areas and defined that as a program so you see those listed and those are really just the grouping of um, our both CAD A and CAD B um, strategies. And so we had those defined as anything that was uh, labeled program for the sustainability assessment tool. So then uh, what we did is we kind of for all of the areas combined and then each of the seven different high level strategy areas, we kind of created these reports and heat maps kind of being able to see ranges see highlight areas of where we uh, need to improve. Um, and we're gonna create an internal sustainability um, action group, I think is what it's gonna be called, and uh, kind of walk through steps of what we can do to improve in this final last year, incorporated some of that into our year five work plan. Um, but again, going through this process, you can kind of see here, or those that are familiar, there's five different areas in each of the questions. So for um kind of our our partners we knew that would be a little bit too much to do but we know we wanted to do some type of assessment and, and again kind of in that meantime um cdc provided the guidance um it's available on amp i think this was probably um sometime in february that this was released um and this is just a screenshot of they have kind of two different components they have like more of a, a narrative and instruction walking it through and then we also they also have um, an Excel document. So I'm going to stop that. Are you guys able to see the Excel sheet now? Great. Um, so then um, 
This is the Excel sheet. And again, uh, CBC is going to go through it and just, just quickly trying to highlight it to prompt any of the discussion uh, for today. Um, so they really highlight kind of uh, a three-step process to reflect on the process, um, assess the sustainability, and then identify gaps. And that's really like just creating the, the, the action plan. Um, so you go through each of the areas, select strategies, doing the uh, activities, um, looking at the process assessment. Um, if it's very similar to kind of what we do for APR reporting, then you enter, then you uh, enter kind of like the outcome assessment, and then if it's necessary to sustain or not. Um, if basically if it's like potential or yes, you kind of bring it over into step two. And as you can see, these are the eight domains. Um, I think that uh, it just kind of summarizes it a little bit of what the intention behind each of the domains are from the PSAT tool. Um, and then put your score here for each of those activities. Um, I'm not sure if it actually totals up. Um, yeah, so it does total up uh, for you. And again, higher scores being um, showing a little bit more sustainability and strengths and then lower scores showing opportunities for improvement. And then going into step three, again, bringing over the, the, the strategies and activities, but then really thinking through, okay, like what do we need to do each quarter um, and what supports are needed? And um, then just laying those out here. So we kind of saw this um, as well as again, kind of this was uh, odd timing for odd timing for us a, a little bit, because um, I think we were kind of thinking about what to do with our partners. So we kind of try to do a little bit of, of both, a little bit of mirroring of, of both. And so what we put together is really, and this was trying to think about all the different components. So before I kind of hop into this, just want to take a quick step back of us being like, yes, we have the sustainability and action report due at the end of year four for 18-15. But so we, what do we need in order to be able to answer that? But also just, again, kind of thinking about those best practices and good program planning of like, what do we need to do to ensure this work will continue because funding is not guaranteed as well as we want our funding not to, we want it, we want to be able to fund different partners. So we also want to, even though the we might still get funding, the strategies might be the exact same, uh, that we don't want the dependence to be there um, and really want to start thinking about uh, sustainability, as well as them also reflecting um, and us having an indication. So kind of like more of that internal reflection as well for themselves, as well as like internally for ourselves for thinking and preparation for the next NOFO of if we've invested X amount of dollars and we're seeing that they're not able to sustain or don't have goals to sustain the work, then kind of like, I think we should also take that in consideration for reassessing for funding for the next NOFO. So here you could just see kind of, um, High level information. Um, I did put in comments, so it kind of gives a brief overview of kind of what we're intending to look at. You'll do see it's very similar to kind of the, the step process where 
you're kind of naming if something's effective. We only had them put in effective strategies. There's also um, a comparable or a, a relative like narrative that instructions that lay them out for like each area. Um, so going through um, asking kind of like what would happen if this activity ended and who would be impacted and then is it, uh, this activity necessary to sustain for again following the same thing if it's yes or potential we'll go over into step two we did change up the wording a little bit um, we added the health equity component um, and then they're just able to either enter or select a drop down menu from here and this would be all of kind of their activities from their work plan. Um, if you guys are similar uh, to Wisconsin, sometimes uh, what is actually done um, and kind of its relationship to our uh, strategies sometimes are a little bit far. So we also wanted to, we did pre-populate uh, kind of like what we're really intending with our 1815 and 1817 strategies and had them do that as a step and answering the same type of questions. And uh, with step four, so this will just, let's just say, it will just be like auto-calculated and then same thing with their step two. Um, so they can kind of look. So um, I think that we wanted to ensure that they were taking time to like kind of reflect on it and look at the data for a data-informed decision. So again, just a reflection, have some reflection questions down here for them to kind of think through. And then in step five, it's really kind of getting at uh, like what, what are your action steps and um, really just signing up for like who's going to be responsible for that and then when. And that's kind of a high level overview of what I believe I was supposed to share. I'm gonna stop sharing and pass back to Anne. Thanks so much, Shelby. Um, I, you know, I hope that that wasn't too overwhelming to folks. I think, you know, when you actually have the tool and you can look through it, um, uh, you know, hopefully it'll be, I know it's like a lot of things to look at pretty quickly and read, but we just wanted to share one example of kind of how we've approached this. Um, and yeah, we really just feel like this, this process will hopefully prompt our partners to have some real internal conversations. We kept trying to say as we were rolling this out, like, this isn't, really just for us, it's for you, you know? So while we wanna know kind of how you're gonna be sustaining or, or not sustaining different things, I think that's important, but we want them to be planning so that it's not a shock if come, you know, June 29th um, of next year, you know, oh, gosh, today's a, the kickoff of, of year five. So happy year five, everybody. So in one year from today that we're not just like, uh, it's over, see ya, you know, we're breaking up with you. We don't want it to be like that, right? We want them to, we, we've, you know, come to a, like an amicable agreement that either these are the pieces we can continue to work on depending on what the new NOFO looks like, or, you know, we are so grateful for what we've done together. This is really built up. We want you to see you keep it going and we want to keep hearing how it's going. Or, you know, that was great. We tried it out, turned out it wasn't the way to go. And, you know, we'll see what else we can work on in the future that has to do with diabetes heart disease. So 
I hope that that is helpful. We will share those tools with you all um, so that you can really dig in and look at them. And, and Shelby wrote some really nice, very detailed instructions of like how, you know, what to do in each and every step so that folks hopefully will see it and, and kind of understand. Um, but I wanted to step back and see if folks had any questions or comments for Shelby on the tool or any thoughts about it. Great, thanks, Julie. Looks like looking forward to seeing those. Cool, and Katrina too. Great, well, we will make sure to send that out with the follow-up after this so you could dig in. And, um, you know, we're, we're totally comfortable letting you guys use them um, and adapt them. Say, hey, I like this piece. I don't like this piece. Feel free to break it up and do whatever you want with it. We just want to be helpful. Um, and, uh, you know, shall we say we, we pulled a lot of these things from other stuff. So it's not like it should be new information either. It may be a lot of it that looks familiar, um, but we just thought this setup would work well. Um, and Laura, thanks uh, that, I, that you noticed that we added health equity. I think that that's really important um, for us in our current work and also will hopefully set us up for this next iteration because while we don't know much about the NOFA, one thing we know is that it will definitely include health equity. Okay, well, I'm going to go back to sharing my screen again um, and let's pray because it took me a couple times to get the right view last time. So let's see if I get it right this time. Um, does that look right? Are you seeing just this, this slide? Awesome. Okay, first time. <laughs> um, so yeah, we want to know what tools you're using or have developed to assist with sustainability planning. And I, um, so, you know, Laura shared a bit earlier about the work they're doing in New York. Um, have others adapted these tools? So we talked about some of you are using the CDC tool. Are there other ones that we should be aware of or tools that you'd be willing to share with the group as well? And we could kind of make a little um, you know, folder or something of the different tools that everyone has. I did notice in the chat, Shelby, thanks for pointing out that it was a little tricky to find the sustainability tool on AMP because um, it got a little buried, I think, since they first posted it. So to search in the search bar for sustainability and it should pop up. Hey, this is Lara. I'll just mention that um, uh, additionally, we were so our contractor is the Community Healthcare Association of New York, and they work with a number of practice sites at uh, federally Hi. qualified healthcare centers. Can you hear me okay? I think somebody just accidentally went off mute again. I think you're good. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry. Um, so uh, we were interested, we didn't want to put any burden on those healthcare centers um, because they've got a lot going on, but we were really interested in getting a sense of um, clinical sustainability of some of the work that we've done. So there's like a sister tool to the PSAT, it's called the CSAT, the Clinical Sustainability Assessment Tool. I don't know if CDC shared it. I, I don't think so, but it's, if you go to the website, it's, it's on there. Um, and it was sim very similar format and um, depth, in-depth questions. We decided to just review it and really hone in on, I think, maybe nine items um, across that CSAT and ask our practice facilitators to um, include them in their um, post-health assessment, the, the HSAT that we 
quickly created. So we added a section on uh, sustainability for the health centers as well. Um, um, we're interested in hearing, uh, we haven't gotten those results yet, actually. We'll, we'll have them pretty soon. Um, but that's just another tool similar uh, made by the same group, but um, a slightly different uh, perspective. Thank you so much for sharing that. Shelby, did you look at that version when you were kind of compiling our tool too? Uh, I don't know. We didn't. <laughs> I mean, it's the, it, like, like Laura said, it's the same people, but it is guided uh, very much to clinical use. Like even their like domains are a little bit different. Um, like, like implementation and training is one as opposed to like program evaluation. That's helpful. Yeah, I know, you know, I think a lot of our, our, um, our strategies are really clinically focused, uh, but our most of our main contracted partners in Wisconsin are not the direct uh, health systems. They're like folks who work with them. So, uh, so I think that would have been a little trickier for them to fill out. I think if you're funding more directly to the health systems, that makes a lot of sense and um, really helpful to know that that's there. Would anyone else like to share about the tools that you've used or are planning to use? I definitely don't want to put you on the spot, so feel free to pass if it's not a good time to jump in. But um, Karen from Michigan, I noticed in the registration um, that you mentioned that you guys have really kind of built in these conversations and um, but have maybe had some challenges with some of the more community-based organizations that don't have a lot of funding stability, you know, to make it sustainable. I was just wondering if you wanted to jump in and share kind of what your process has been for kind of assessing sustainability with your folks in Michigan. Yeah, good afternoon. So I am the community clinical linkages lead for our section. And so I, I did speak on the community-based program, specifically the Healthy Heart Ambassador program. So, you know, we we support sites um, for implementation and just thinking about these community sites and how they're pretty strapped, the ones that are truly based in the community, they're pretty strapped for funding, right? And staff are they really need to be supported by funds. So just trying to work with agencies like that and think about how can we continue to support them, um, you know, whether it's aligning with other program they're doing. Um, we work with our Fresh Prescription Network to align the Healthy Heart Ambassador Program with um, the Prescription for Health Program. So, you know, trying to think, um, outside the box a little bit and be creative helps work towards that sustainability. But I do, in full transparency, sometimes worry about the true rooted community programs that are already strapped for funding for staff time. Thank you so much for sharing that, Karen. I, I absolutely agree. And I saw that Sarah also put in the chat a question about the Healthy Heart Ambassador Program. I meant to, to come back to it, so I'm glad that you brought it up because it reminded me. So, so Sarah asked if anyone had looked specifically around the Healthy Heart Ambassador and you know other models for SMBP and and um, you know kind of looking at sustaining those. Um, I could tell you that uh, here in Wisconsin, I definitely have questions about that because um, the partners that we've worked with to start this up, I'm, I'm positive would not have the capacity to keep it going if we don't keep funding them. So um, 
maybe that was a mistake to choose these partners in the first place, but we just wanted to try it and see how it would even work. And because we felt so kind of like out to sea as we first got the training, like, how do we try this? And we had someone who was willing and, and eager to do it. So we thought, let's go for it. But I think that's going to be really tricky to sustain. Yeah. Um, Can I add to that really quickly? Because it made me think there's like a couple different situations, right? We have a partnership that is connected. Um, so a compute, uh, community agency that's really well connected to a healthcare system. In that case, you know, you can really work to promote the SMBP CPT codes and, you know, really working with a physician in the SMBP component to um, generate funding or generate revenue for the FQHC, which in turn, you know, maybe could somehow alleviate some of the um, financial burden of the community program that's working with the healthcare system. Now, in the latter part, I do have some community agencies implementing the Healthy Heart Ambassador program alone, and those are the ones I worry about, like, that can't bill CPT codes for SMBP, you know, so that really limits, um, like you said, the funding resources. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think a perennial issue there is just we have we have organizations that are interested in the program, but we can't we don't have like a ready made solution for how they're going to have monitors for the participants. I think everybody struggles with that. So even though kind of word of mouth is working to increase interest, um, and then I think another question that our partners are having, and I don't mean to go down this 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 rabbit hole and it would probably be a really good uh, conversation for those of us implementing the program. But um, I think that the um, there are other models out there and when is this the best model to use? And But what is CDC's thinking moving forward? Are they gonna continue to support this program? How much are they gonna invest in it? How much are they gonna, how much support are, can we count on for like train the trainer type stuff? Um, so it would be incredibly helpful to hear from CDC as we're moving forward as, um, you know, I mean, and, and oh, I guess the other thing is that our partners who have implemented this, a lot of them that are community based, don't really want to let go of their people after four months, like they, <laughs> just because they're completed the program doesn't mean that they want to stop being engaged with them. And so we, you know, we, I don't have a ready made answer to that. Um, and many of them don't have um, don't really have the funding to do that outside of our funding. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I do think we've lacked some clear guidance from CDC about, about this program in particular. Um, and so I think there's been a lot of questions. Um, so thanks for saying that too, Michelle. So I, um, yeah, we can't go too much in the rabbit hole on this right now, but I do think it's worth a further discussion. Um, I know that CDC had been hosting some like um, gathering calls um, for folks who are working on the program and then they like canceled a couple of them for various reasons and I'm just wondering if they're going to bring us back together again because this actually seems like a really important conversation to be having right now uh, especially as we're going into the last year of of the grant you know about you know how are we going to try to sustain these and and what CDC's commitment to sustaining them or not um, to see kind of what makes sense should we be pushing to do more of these or if they're not really going to be really trying to continue it should we just go ahead and say, yep, we did it for a little bit and then we're going to move on and let the YMCA and, um, you know, AHA take it from here. 
Um, so yeah, yes, Sarah asked if NACD could facilitate a discussion um, to include CDC folks. I know CDC has kind of asked that they want to hold on to it and not necessarily give that program over to NACDD. I don't know if Julia or others from NACDD can speak to that at all, but maybe we just need to go to our project officers and ask for help, or maybe you could just direct us on who we should talk to. We're def definitely noted, um, and we'll see what, what we can do. I really appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah. Cool. Sounds good. Yeah, and there's also that email thread as well for everybody, and I think Rosette is on that list as well, so that might be a good place to ask these questions. All right, cool. Well, I'm going to take us, I'm going to keep us moving um, on, but, you know, we're going to keep, keep all this great conversation going. Um, so I think this is our last poll, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and so we, as you're kind of thinking about what you want to sustain, as we talked about, not every partnership is going to be sustained. We were curious which partnerships you feel like have been the most successful that you definitely anticipate they will be maintained after this grant year, um, regardless of, you know, if the next NOFO kind of includes work with them or not. If you really think like we've set up some strong partnerships in these areas that are going to keep going. Um, and so you can click as many of these as you want. Um, and these are just kind of buckets, but I'm just kind of curious to get a snapshot of what do we think are the partnerships that we think are going to have really taken root and will keep going. I know this one's a little more of a complicated question, so I'm going to give folks another minute or so. And if you did click other, um, you know, please feel free to put what that other is in the chat as well. It was tough because we were only able to put 10 options, so we tried to, to chunk some together and take a few options out um, just to fit the parameters of polls in Zoom too, so we may have missed some, some buckets doing that. We're up to 64% participation, Anne. All right, I'm gonna give everybody maybe one more minute and then at 47, you wanna go ahead and, and close it? Just cause this might be a thinker. All right, thanks. Okay, so it looks like the biggest one is clinics and health systems. That's exciting to hear. I think, you know, um, obviously that's been a big push for this for this grant that to really look at, um, I feel like many of our performance measures have been really around systems and policies within clinics and health systems. And so it sounds like that has worked in terms of uh, kind of creating relationships with a lot of healthcare partners. Pharmacies also, I think that that's been a really budding area. We've been hearing a lot of interest in pharmacies. Uh, you may have noticed that two of the CAN calls this month were around pharmacies because people are really excited about the momentum there. So um, community health workers also, and some of those statewide health, uh, or sorry, statewide professional organizations. Um, I, I think community-based uh, or faith-based organizations is one area I can say in Wisconsin, we felt like we haven't had the chance to, to build as many relationships because our strategies really were so clinically focused. Um, so I'm really excited to hear that that about a third of folks said that they feel like they've really built up some of those relationships. Um, and I think we've had more of a chance to do some of that in Cat A than Cat B, but would love to hear from folks, um, you know, kind of who are these different organizations that you've been working with. Um, so we have about 12 minutes left. And what we were thinking is because we have kind of a bigger group, sometimes it's hard for everybody to talk. Um, and so we thought it might be nice to split into uh, smaller groups to, to dig in a little bit. Um, and so I guess I, uh, 
I want to see how folks feel about that. We have had some good discussion here. Um, if you'd like to stay in the big group um, or if we should go ahead and break into, we were thinking about doing like just like five smaller groups so you can share a little bit more about who are those partners that you feel like have been more successful, kind of what are the factors that made those ones more sustainable. And um, a big question that we had is kind of how do you plan to maintain relationships with partners if you're unable to continue funding them? So let's say, you know, the new strategies don't include um, some of the work they've been doing. You still see a value in, in what they do. It just doesn't totally match up. How do you kind of keep those relationships going so that, you know, it's not just about the money, but it's about all the other things that you bring to the table. Um, before we go into smaller groups, I, I want to um, to look, I saw some things come into the chat real quick and don't want to miss those. Um, so it's, it was like, uh, I think Sarah mentioned that clinical partnerships are challenging to maintain, but you've built some good relationships, meaning you want to sustain them, but aren't sure how realistic it is. I know we know that sometimes when that money goes away, they're less interested in keeping those projects going. Um, are there any ways we can ask CDC to provide support to CMS on how to encourage Medicaid to connect with state health department programs and what state health department um, programs can offer Medicaid? That's a really, really interesting um, question. And I know that working with Medicaid um, can sometimes be a challenge of like figuring out how do we kind of influence CMS. So, um, so yeah, it looks like Kayla mentioned that they're, um, is a ton of interest in, uh, on how to communicate with Medicaid regarding CHWs. Um, so, you know, for CHWs, it's very state-based. It'd be hard to facilitate nationally. Thank you, Kayla. Yeah. Do, Kayla, did you want to say anything more to that? Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, just that in my own experience in Virginia working on this, that was like our initial like desire to talk to Medicaid was because of CHW like services. Um, so that was like the interest area prior to that, we didn't really connect in a meaningful way, but I think I was just saying CHWs as an example, your Medicaid programs look so different from state to state as far as like how they're organized, not so much as what they're offering, but it really is like how many actual programs are out there and like what does coverage look like? So it'd be very hard to do that at a national level, but I think you're right, Sarah Eve, that what does this look like and how engaged should our state health departments be in that conversation? Um. Great, thank you so much. Um, okay. Um, all right, before we go into the small breakouts, I wanted to do one last announcement and then I'm gonna come back to these discussion questions. Um, so just kind of our next steps for, because then we'll let everybody just go after the, after the small group. So. Um, please join us on the, the next uh, CVH Council call coming up on July 27th um, at 1 p.m. Eastern. There is registration link in off the cuff, so um, those come out regularly. Oh, and Kayla put the registration there, so thank you. Um, so please do put that on your calendar and um, get registered. Uh, our next quarterly meetings, um, so that'll be in three months. So we did these in June, so it's July, August, September, I guess. Um, will be the next one. So this was a new way of setting it up this month where we had four calls over these two weeks on different topics. And we had the kind of liaisons. I'm, I'm the liaison for area four. So we each kind of took one of these calls. So areas four, five, six, 
I'm sorry, areas five, six, seven, eight are gonna are gonna lead the next round, and um, they'll be deciding on their topics as we get closer, and then those will be released with registration links and off the cuff. So just keep an eye out for those. If you do have ideas for future topics, we'd love to hear them. Um, I know when we planned for these ones, we got together and just kind of brainstormed and um, thought about what we've been hearing from folks. So if you have any thoughts, um, Julia, is it okay if I say to reach out to you? Is that the right person? <laughs> okay, cool. Um, yeah, yes. anything that you feel like would be useful. Okay, cool. All right. So, um, yeah, our, I, what we're going to do is we're just going to split into five groups and um, and just share whatever you want on anything that we didn't get to talk about yet or, you know, things that have been on your mind. We'll um, have a note taker in each of them and just, you know, and also digging into what we talked about about in that last poll of which partnerships you feel like have had the most staying power, which ones do you feel like have um, really set down some roots that you can see growing, um, whether or not you're able to fund them in the future. So uh, let's go ahead and, and Miriam, if you would break us into those groups and please talk amongst yourselves. And then when you're ready to go, you can just hop off. Um, and thank thanks. you, Julia, for putting your email in there. And thanks, Anne. Just letting all the facilitators know that I did email the screenshot of the poll results. So you should have those. And mm -hmm. I'm gonna break you out now. Thank you. Thanks everybody.